turned me into a dog. Can you believe this? And you're invited too! Good morning. Welcome to Saturday Morning Obscurities. I'm your co-host and sister, Melissa. I'm your co-host and brother, Jams. And we are not alone. We have a guest, a very special returning guest. Christina Woods is back. Hello, everyone. Uh, I am Christina, and I am the guest for today, and my pronouns are she and her. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, Christina. Thank you. I'm very glad to be back, and I'm also glad that uh, both of you wanted to have me back on the show. <laughs> yeah, of course. You can come back as many times as you want. Yeah. I may have to hold you to that. Yeah. I mean, as long as we do the podcast, you can hold us to us. If we stop doing the podcast and you want to come back, <laughs> then we're going to have to find another form of media. But if, uh-huh. if you suddenly stop doing this podcast, I will have to make a road trip and come check on both of you and make sure you're okay. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, uh, Christina, today we're talking about Space Sentinel, something you uh, came to the show with. Yes, and I have a confession to make, which is I had never seen this before I went to jams about uh, (laughs) talking about this on this podcast. That's okay. Having seen it is not a prerequisite. No, very much not. (laughs) Real quick, I want to shout out because the way that I found out about this was because I was looking up the meaning behind uh, one of my favorite artists' uh, websites. The the artist is uh, Mildred Lewis, and uh, their website is called Astraea's Nexus. And I was like, Astraea sounds like some kind of, like, Greek deity. And... Uh, so I was on Wikipedia, and then it turned out that Estrella is, I believe, a some kind of a star or dawn cloud goddess, something like that, like various objects in the sky. And on the Wikipedia page, it also mentioned that Estrella was the namesake of a character in this little series from 1977 called Space Sentinels, and I was like, ooh, interesting. And then I was like, wait, I have to talk about this with Melissa and James. <laughs> Does the show predate the star system or the star system the show? Uh, the star. What do you mean the star system? Well, you said bodies. I wasn't sure if it was multiple things. No, uh, no, no. As in like various celestial bodies. I don't know if that pertains to clouds or uh, stars or whatever the Greeks thought was up in the sky. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. For a second, I thought you meant that the they named this after this character in this show. <laughs> Which that would be wild. Not unprecedented, honestly, uh, in mm-hmm, the scientific no. community. But yeah. Yeah. Before we talk about that, though, we have our first segment of the show, What's New Scooby-Doo, where we talk about any new shows and media we have been consuming and enjoying. Uh, mm-hmm. Mel, what's New Scooby-Doo with you? Oh, oh, I didn't have one. Um, Great. <laughs> No, no, I don't, I don't, Christina can go, Christina can go double. (laughs) Christina, you you get two special What's New Scooby-Doo's today. Okay, cool. Uh, I guess my What's New Scooby-Doo then, I have, I will give a shout out to a TV show and a video game. Uh, I have been picking up watching Power Rangers Dino Fury, uh, which is currently on Netflix, 
Uh, and for those of you who perhaps watched Power Rangers when you were young, uh, I highly recommend watching Dino Fury because the production values are great, the writing is great, the cast is great, uh, and, uh, guess what? Power Rangers is, uh, LGBTQIA friendly now. Yay! <laughs> Took 30, almost 30 years, but finally <laughs> there's a Power Ranger who is a girl and she has a girlfriend. Good. Aww. At long last. And also, they're all Does- <laughs> they're all very good looking. <laughs> okay. Does the girlfriend know about her, her Power Ranger life, or does she ask to keep this a secret identity? I... I have not gotten that far in watching okay. the series. <laughs> I I am aware that uh, the Power Ranger in question does have a girlfriend, mostly because whenever it was uh, shown on the actual show, uh, everyone on all my social media was very, very excited and very happy, uh, including the showrunner, which was great. <laughs> um, but I am only two episodes into watching it. Okay, so. okay. No rush. Fair. It's harder to watch. Get... <laughs> it's harder to watch Power Rangers without listening to the Morphin Grid talk about it first. For me, <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that uh, as a fellow disciple of the Morphin Grid. Uh, it, it it is also a very good podcast. Uh, highly recommend. Highly recommend. Um, but James, do you want to do your what's new Scoopy Doo, and then I will do my second one. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, started playing a new video game, which has taken over my life. Uh, <laughs> it's called I Was a Teenage Exocolonist. Oh, <laughs> I have heard good things about this game. It is the latest game from uh, Studio Finji and Northway Games. Finji also did Night in the Woods, which is a very good uh, cat mm-hmm. video game. Um, yes. But yeah, in, in I Was a Teenage Exocolonist... You play as uh, a kid growing up to an adult. You go from Mm -hmm. age 10 to 20, 13 months at a time, as you are a new colonist on the first alien world off of Earth. Oh. You are in a special sect of people who decided to ditch Earth, too many problems, and go to space to find uh, a place to settle down. Mm. And so you're cut off from Earth. You went through a wormhole lost a lot of stuff, and kind of had to start from a lot of scratch. Um, So there's 13 months in a year. Every month you can partake in gameplay, kind of like how you would do in in Monster Prom or in like Persona 5, where you're like, I just have like today or in this game this month to commit to upping my perception or upping my combat. I want to get better at this thing. I want to spend time with this person. Uh... And so from the span of age 10 to age 20, as you grow up with this character, you decide, like, I'm going to commit time to, like, researching science. I'm going to be farmers like my parents. I'm going to spend time with the person I love. Uh, And, you know, things happen like, oh, we're running out of food or like there's a new plague or something like that. And this game also is whenever you choose to do something, you do like a little like card, like deck building thing. Every memory you make, you earn a little card with a with a, a suit and a value, and you draw those at random when you're doing your little task, and you try to get a straight or you tr- try and get like a flush, uh, mm-hmm. and and you try and like pass this pass this little test. Um, okay. So it's very like easy gameplay. 
the story is really suck sucking me in because it's very like visual novel uh as mm-hmm. you're just kind of running around and like learning like you talk to commander rat and he tells you these things and you're just kind of reading as all this stuff happens <laughs> play a card game and then you run around and do stuff again um it has some of like the best writing I've seen probably since Hades, another one of my favorite oh. games. Um, so many, there's 29 different endings. Uh, wow. 10 different people huh. you can romance and some of the most creative use of custom pronouns I've ever seen in the game. Oh, At any point nice. in the game, you can change your gender appearance. You can change what pronouns they use. Uh you can change uh, pretty much everything except for your appearance, which you can change. Like, you can choose three different options, but your your pronouns uh, you can customize down to example sentences, like big pages mm, of holy like. Holy cow! He said to me that he wants to buy potatoes, and you can go in there and be like, "Z said to me that Z wants to buy potatoes," and you can change just that sentence, uh, and you could do that for like like 30 different sentences so inc- holy cow yeah incredibly good uh uh queer uh phrasing <laughs> in- in- incredibly <laughs> queer friendly i'll say that um good but yeah i've beat the game once i tried to romance a boy that was cute uh and i picked the wrong ending that ended in the oh, no. in him dying before we could no. be married Oh uh, my god, oh I thought no. just like you wouldn't end up together. I didn't think the no. other person would die. No, yeah, you like if you do like things wrong, people will die. And but then when I restarted my neck my current play through, uh there was like you remember things from your past life and you can choose to do things differently with that information. Interesting. Okay. Really, really sucked me in. Whenever I pick it up, I play it for like no no less than two more hours, and then I <laughs> either decide to keep playing or stop playing but yeah uh can't recommend highly enough it's on uh nintendo switch uh ps playstations and i think it's on pc interesting okay yeah that's my thing that i'm obsessed with right now (laughs) nice what's new scooby-doo with you uh i guess my second thing that is actually also a video game which is also a visual novel (laughs) Uh, I have been playing a lot of Digimon Survive. Yeah, mm. I really wanted to pick that up, but I, I had to choose I, between two games, and I chose Exocolonist. I understand. Uh, Digimon Survive is uh, it is a visual novel, which is something that I didn't... <laughs> there are a lot of things about this game that I did not know before I bought it. Uh <laughs> Namely, I didn't know that it was a visual novel, so it puts a lot more emphasis on reading dialogue and uh, and various like character choices that you make, as mm. opposed to fighting with the Digimon, <laughs> um, right. which is you know sometimes good, sometimes bad. Uh, and I will not do any spoiling of the game, but. If anyone wants to pick it up, I will say that when they named this game Digimon Survive, they wow. did mean survive, Ooh. as in life or death. I, and, that's that's uh, fun. And I am sure that there are probably some descriptions on the internet of uh, content warnings that will be that might be helpful if you are someone who, like me, would prefer a general approximation of of what to expect in the game before you start playing it 
That's fair. I, I definitely want to play it in the future. And yeah, I understand a lot of people have had like, some people I think have had to put it down because of how uh, ruthless it gets. Um, yeah. But I, yeah. Uh, I, I'm still interested because I enjoy most Digimon video games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Snoo Scooby do. Let's get into uh, Space Sentinel, shall we? Um, yeah. So I, I didn't have any history with this show. Mel, I don't know if you did. No. No. Fresh. Yeah. Brand new. Brand new. So yeah. <laughs> we both went to this brand new. Christina, I understand you did some research uh before you joined us today. What did you what did you find out about the history of Space Sentinels? I did. So I get I will I will do my best to stream this or I guess streamline this as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh so Space Sentinels was a one series TV show. Uh it aired exclusively in nineteen seventy seven. And it was by uh, the film studio called Filmation. Um, yes. So for those of you who uh, are maybe familiar with some of the older animated television shows, but maybe not backstory, uh, there is probably a good chance that you have seen a Filmation show. Um, they were in operations from 1963 to 1989. So that's 26 years of animation. And apparently for the longest time, like, Filmation was the only real rival in the field of Saturday morning cartoon shows to Hanna-Barbera. Oh, interesting. So instead of DC or Marvel, you had to pick Filmation or Hanna-Barbera. I wonder who won. Uh, statistically speaking, <laughs> Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I didn't know this ahead of time, but part of the reason why you may have seen a Filmation mm-hmm. cartoon but not recognized it is because in order to, ter- in order to like, compete with Hanna-Barbera, uh, Filmation had to prioritize, uh, quantity over quality, which means that there were a lot of reused uh, animation cells, um, which if you're watching it, you can kind of recognize, you know, like, oh, hey, I've seen this pose before. Uh, And I think they probably even reused animation cells or at least did, like, tracing of poses between different properties. That that doesn't surprise me uh, after we watch today. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to do a quick run through of some of the properties that Filmation produced and created. Um, They include The New Adventures of Superman, Aquaman, The Adventures of Batman, Sabrina and the Ghoulie Ghoulies, Archie's TV Funnies, (laughs) Lassie's Rescue Rangers. Yep. <laughs> Star Trek, the animated series. Yep, I knew that hey! one. And He-Man, She-Ra, and Brave Star. Ooh. Wow. You like those things. Yes. And <laughs> they, arguably, they got the most um, the most traction with uh, He-Man and She-Ra, as well as with the various DC properties they did shows for. Uh as well as probably in some circles, Star Trek, the animated series. Um, mm-hmm. One thing about Filmation is that a lot of their animated shows have very gifable moments. Oh, like, yes. Yeah. If, if you've ever seen like the shocked Kirk 
gif where he's like just putting his hand on his face and he looks he looks mildly confused by what's going on <laughs> that's from that's from filmation <laughs> oh thank you um and uh sadly i regret to inform you all that uh that filmation ended its uh career when it was bought by l'oreal as in the cosmetics company in 1988. <laughs> Why? Why did they do that? I I don't know. I I don't know what L'Oreal thought they could gain from buying Filmation. Uh, presumably, it's something to do with uh, with like syndication rights and royalties from rerunning <laughs> shows. Um, but. They they bought the studio in 1988 and then shuttered it in 1989. Um, yeah, which is a shame. Um, I and- am disappointed. Mm. No, go ahead. I, I am disappointed that they didn't try and make a L'Oreal cartoon. That they didn't make like an animated <laughs> series aimed at adult women. That's just a makeup commercial. <laughs> See, you'd think they would have tried that, especially because Filmation was one of the companies that took the, uh, to quote our, to quote our mutual friends, uh, Annie Kit and Mac over at I Will Fight You, uh, they took the buy our place it's in toys approach <laughs> to <laughs> film and animation mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. times. <laughs> yeah, you could, I mean, you could have at least, in, like, in, like, a He-Man show, like, had, like, a hair moment, or, like, thank God I used L'Oreal to stop Skeletor. Yeah. And then he'd turn his head once, and his hair would get three more frames. <laughs> I want, like, a set of superheroes that each represent a different color in an eyeshadow palette. Oh, that's, that's a, that could be a lot of, of, of heroes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Up to 16 heroes. That's like, a, that's like the K-pop of... of <laughs> that's the K-pop of Power Rangers. Um, but yeah that's the gist of the history of filmation um i have a lot of bits about the voice about the voice actors uh for for space sentinels uh but i don't know if you guys want to talk about that before or after we do the intro uh well let's run down the facts and then we'll talk about uh the actors and then we'll do the intro um Mm -hmm. so we got the facts so half this show was originally called Young Sentinels, and then half, yes. halfway through its 13 episodes was renamed Space Sentinels. Um, yes. Did you see why? Uh, no. Why, why was that? Uh, it was because um, a, little well, a little well-known property that you might have heard of uh, called Star Wars came out. Yes. <laughs> I'm not familiar. And they were like, hey, Space Cells. Let's <laughs> rename them Space Sentinels. Mm-hmm. But... I, because they only renamed it like halfway through the show's run, <laughs> they couldn't record any new lines yeah. for the show. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just title Space Sentinels, but the characters are called Young Sentinels in the show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I like Space Sentinels better. Youth is relative, but they're mm-hmm. definitely in space and nobody can argue with that part. Yes. They do spend time in space. They spend equal time in space, in a volcano, and next to the ocean. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's the, these are the things I yeah. know about them. And they're not, like, kids, 
they all appear to be approximately 25 and they yeah. may be ageless. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if yeah. young is the best qualifier for them. <laughs> Hey, if we can call them young, then that means that I can call myself young. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to me that they are young, so I am young. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we have a uh, created by. There's no a uh, created by credit, so the executive producers we have are Norm Prescott and Lou Scheimer. Uh, mm-hmm. Like we said, God bless Lou Scheimer. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to Lou Scheimer in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, there were 13 total episodes. It only ran from September to December in 1977. Mm-hmm. Country of Origin was USA. A production company was Filmation. Uh, original channel was NBC. Uh, adaptations. Uh, there was like an official DVD release in mm-hmm. uh, 2006. And it looks like there's like action figures too. Or unless Really? According to this thing, uh, this image that I just Googled, but... Interesting. Okay. I, can't, I cannot confirm or deny. Uh, <laughs> it looks like there's about 16 pixels in that picture. That yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which is why I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> um, yeah. As for the voice actors, we have the main three heroes mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. Hercules, Mercury, and Estrella. Uh, mm-hmm. There is also their Zordon, uh, which is uh, Sentinel One, and mm-hmm. their Alpha Five, which is Mo. Um, yes. The voice of Hercules was George DeCenzo, who yes. we will know in the future when we cover Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling for being the voice of Captain Lou Albano. Oh. Oh, did you... Uh, I also have some other roles of uh, George DeCenzo's. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Uh, so George DeCenzo was a character actor, uh, and he actually made uh, the most notable film appearance that I found of his was that he played Marty McFly's grandfather in the Back to the Future movies. Yeah. Ah. But uh, as far as voice acting, uh, you may, you also will have heard him, or you also will hear him in the future, because he voiced uh, Bo, Seahawk, Hordak, and a <laughs> solid half of the male-coded characters from oh, She-Ra. Wow. <laughs> ah. Uh, and we we'll get to why that happened uh, in a bit, but he he had a very familiar voice. It was like, did he voice He Man? No, but close. <laughs> no, but almost <laughs> everyone but. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the voice of Estrella was D Timberlake, who mm-hmm. uh, is mostly known for like the Bionic Woman for playing Karen Stone, uh, but she also did voices on the Plastic Man cartoon, which we will cover at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one thing I found that was really cool about Space Sentinels was that Filmation made a deliberate effort to cast voice actors who matched the characters. So, like, Dee Timberlake voiced Astraea, and she is black, and her character is black. And Mercury is is Asian, and his actor is also Asian. (laughs) Yeah, I noticed this, and I very much appreciated it as well. Cause that's... Especially since it was the 70s. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's like a standard thing now that we are like trying to achieve to be the new standard that we do follow these. But yeah, mm-hmm. this was almost unheard of back then. Ahead of its time, man. Absolutely. Uh, the voice of Mercury was Evan C. Kim. Uh, he did a lot of live action uh, acting after that. Uh, mm-hmm. His most recent thing was in JAG. Remember JAG? <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing a Max Headroom in there. 
Oh, he's in Max's room. I didn't see it. Oh, I think yeah. He was also in Columbo. Yeah, he like I said, yeah, he does a little little parts, but yeah, nothing nothing long series. Uh, and then we have the voice of Mo, uh, mm-hmm. who is Lou Scheimer, who is also a producer from Filmation. Yes, Lou Scheimer wore a lot of hats. Yeah, he's on here um, as like on the soundtrack for Chappie as well. What? Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know uh, why. <laughs> huh. I don't know what instrument he played for Chappie, but he's on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Lou Scheimer, as Jam said, was one of the executive producers and founders of Filmation. Um, but he was actually also did a lot of, I think he did a lot of musical work for the show. Like he helped compose music for various Filmation properties, usually under an alias. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. and he also did a lot of voice acting. Yeah. Um, the roles that stood out the most to me were that he also voiced Orko and Spirit, uh, AKA Swiftwind <laughs> from, wow. uh, respectively He-Man and She-Ra. Um, and he also, <laughs> basically he voiced every other male coded character in, uh, He-Man and She-Ra that George DeCenzo didn't voice. <laughs> uh, and would you two like to know the reason why that was? Sure. So apparently, and I'm assuming that this was probably standard practice across Filmation properties in general, um, the reason why producer Lou Scheimer performed the voices for so many supporting characters was that the quote-unquote official voice actors were contracted to perform no more than three different voices per episode. And since there were usually only three regular cast members working on each show, Lou would fill in the rest of the male cast. (laughs) interesting i hope he got paid for his work (laughs) me too (laughs) yeah i that's not unsurprising given things like gravity falls where Mm -hmm. uh alex hirsch also like filled in voices that they didn't get voice actors Mm -hmm. for but I i imagine there's different rules than as there were for this yeah probably and probably part of it too was the fact that as we discussed before, uh, Filmation was definitely a budget animation studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that maybe they just couldn't, maybe they couldn't afford to pay for more voice actors. And as such, uh, people who were involved in the show had to, ha- had to do a lot of work that they were maybe not originally contracted to do. <laughs> Interesting. Which is all to say that I appreciate Filmation and Lusheimer a lot, and I think they made a lot of good art for as they did as much, they did as well as they could with what they had. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, uh, I looked up I looked up soundtrack. It looks like he did the voice or he did the uh, intro to He Man, which is why it was in Chappie because the intro to He Man is apparently in Chappie somewhere. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I want to point out a credit I saw here. I think mm-hmm. he, this is under mm-hmm. his acting category. He was in a 1987 movie called Pinocchio and the Emperor of Night. Yes. What? <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what is Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night? That sounds way too intense for Pinocchio to have to deal with. It was a full. He's just a little boy. It was nearly a full 90 minutes. Uh, oh my gosh. This animation definitely looks appropriate. Another Filmation product. Look at this evil puppeteer in the background. Oh 
Holy cow. All right, add it to the list. I mean, I tell you what, I would I would rather watch Pinocchio in the Upper of Night than whatever the Disney version is that's coming out. I I can I've guarantee ma- you there was more soul in Pinocchio and the Emperor of Night than whatever Disney's making now. It I mean it it came out. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. Uh but I'm not I don't know. I'm very curious. Uh because it's animated mixed with live action and that's always that always makes me want to try it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just got spoiled by Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, you got spoiled about I, who framed roger rabbit no no i got <laughs> you I know was, who framed him? I, I was spoiled for a combination of <laughs> animation and live action with who framed roger rabbit ah, gotcha. that is my standard oh that's fair. it is difficult when the gold standard was set in 1989 or whenever and nobody's managed to beat it yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely all right now we're gonna watch the intro yeah it is about a minute long. There is a lot of talking in it. Um, mm-hmm. Not that be quiet. <laughs> I mean, as much as we can, we we can talk over it. But I rewatched this a couple times. I cannot understand the narrator. <laughs> the the sound mixing is not great. It is close captions are not great either. <laughs> several of my notes were like, I can't. I don't know what they said. I'm just gonna go with it. Uh, but yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you hear for yourself. Uh, we're going to hit play in three, two, one, play. Many centuries ago, three Hercules and young Hercules were transported from their native lands to my faraway world. Here they were granted a sounding power and eternal youth. Oh, they were granted eternal youth, so they have to be young. Okay. <laughs> that sound effect always gets me. Ah. Mo waves at you from the opening credits title card. Mm-hmm. That was a minute long, and I couldn't understand it, and I don't know why it had to be a minute long. <laughs> oh, uh, I have a fun story super quick. Okay. Um, and this is courtesy of a YouTube comment uh, from the second episode that we'll be discussing. Okay. Um, but if those, if any of those sound effects that you just heard sounded familiar to you, uh, it's because Filmation Associates apparently used uh, Horta Mahana Corps, uh, who are the best sound effects people in the business. Wow. Uh, Sam Horta was a music editor on the Batman TV series uh, by 20th Century Fox, that is. Uh, and George Mahana created Einfeld uh, Mahana sound effects in 1968, um, which eventually uh, created this Horta Mahana Corp, which... I'm assuming probably did a lot of sound effects and then licensed them out to various properties. And I think probably that included Hanna-Barbera as well. Um, and apparently uh, Horta Mahana was in uh, was in business until 1978. Um, but 
they did a lot of real good sound effects like the oh yeah the the (laughs) (sighs) that's so interesting i I definitely want to look into them more there needs to be Mm -hmm. like a full documentary about just sound effects because absolutely there's so many that the mind can't fathom this is this sound does not occur in nature where did the sound come from (laughs) (laughs) it it doesn't occur in nature but once you've heard like the like the like the wind up a run and then zoom off sound effect that is the only sound effect that your mm. mind will be able to populate for that action anytime you see it in fiction absolutely oh it's out of print <laughs> there's a, a oh, found no. a, an image of a space sentinels activity book Ooh. but you can't get anymore i don't know why <laughs> not just coloring but it also promises activities oh interesting there's scans we got a maze pages. Oh, there's like I a love maze? a maze. Only one page, but still. Oh, it's a color by numbers. <laughs> <laughs> this didn't happen in the show. <laughs> I'll include I'll include this link in the in the, the show notes. <laughs> the image that James is referring to is of uh, someone I believe Hercules trapped inside a tube by a <laughs> doing the YMCA pose <laughs> while while a menacing man with a, <laughs> with an evil pointed villain beard yeah. and and weird weird 80s fantasy boots is like observing the tube <laughs> and the tube has like a base to it but the base is pretty low so this villain guy has to like crouch down to look at the tiny hercules stuffed into the tube <laughs> this is my limited edition boy <laughs> <laughs> mint condition boy mint condition boy so yeah today we watched uh episode one and we watched episode 10 you gave me the choice on the other episodes uh and i picked 10 because it was named loki and I thought yes. we, we would have common ground there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the first episode is called uh, Morpheus the Sinister Sentinel. If we watched the first episode correctly, because I know there is different playlists depending I, on what you watched. I watched one called The Sorceress. Really? Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> that, I that, thought that might happen, but I, I that, was watching these at 4 okay. p.m. So I'm like, we don't have a lot of time. This uh, has hey, happened you know before. What? This has happened before. <laughs> It's okay. This way we have this way we have watched three episodes between the three of us. Yes. Uh, Mel, did you watch? Which one did you watch? I watched Morpheus and Loki. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. You two take it away, and I'm gonna sit back and drink some water. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's introduce our characters. Oh Dude, yeah. This we can all agree on our our big trio. Yes. We've got Astria. She's a shapeshifter. She's got a cute afro, and sh- I think she's the leader. She seems to be the leader. Yes, which yeah, she's I the like. smartest one. But I also wish she had a second personality trait besides being the leader. Maybe she is. Yeah. She, she is a little bit more sparkle in this in the sorceress episode. Uh, I do mm. still like her. Astria, a trustworthy presence. I appreciate her. Hercules mm-hmm. is yes. what you think a Hercules is. He's like a big blonde jock, and he's into health food. He yeah. has like smoothies and yogurts, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is a weirdly mm-hmm. contemporary mm-hmm. thing for this like future hunk to be eating. It's just like normal yogurt, like what we eat. Yeah. Um, and then, and then yes. there's Mercury. Uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Hercules is eating yogurt. 
Because it's Greek yogurt. Uh. Oh my god! You cracked it! <laughs> Did they have Greek yogurt in the 70s? I mean, they probably, had Greece but... and they had yogurt. Well, you're right. You got me there. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I don't know if they had Greek yogurt outside of Greece. <laughs> it wasn't That's fair. fair. You had to go there for the good uh, yogurt. <laughs> and then you've got Mercury, who does what a Mercury does. He goes very fast and he uh, he thinks he's funny. He, he's like <laughs> kind of the goofball. He's the class clown of the group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then like you said, Sentinel One, just a Zordon, your classic Zordon. He's like a face that projects like a hologram out of a big bank of computers. Mm-hmm. And Mo mm-hmm. is the little robot. And it took mm-hmm. me the full two episodes to realize his name stands. It's an acronym. It stands for maintenance operator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And super quick, I feel actually I have two points that I want to talk about. Um, the first is that. In in a weird possible kind of call forward, um, <laughs> the the people who did the music for He Man and She Ra were uh, were Shuki Levi or maybe it's Levi I don't remember how you pronounce his last name mm-hmm. and one Haim Saban yeah <laughs> do you think that do you think that Haim Saban watched Space Sentinels to get the idea for Zordon <laughs> oh. probably. He's like, what if this but tube? What if this but tube He saw the coloring book where he's in it, where the little Hercules is in a tube. <laughs> and he's like, I gotta put the boss in a tube. Kids will love it. Who was the first big projected head? Was it Wizard of Oz? <laughs> right, yes. I don't know if it goes back farther than Wizard of Oz. Look, the evolutionary chain is the Wizard of Oz, the great and powerful and terrible, Sentinel-1, Zordon. <laughs> was, there, was there a big floating head in Metropolis, or I'm n- misthinking that? <laughs> James oh. just Googled big floating head. <laughs> yeah, see what it shows up. <laughs> big floating head kids show. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that the number one Google image result is the giant floating baby head from Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I eat kids from Gravity Falls. All right, we're doing too many visual gags. Um, yeah, I assume it has to be Wizard of Oz, yeah. So, yeah, I guess this does predate Zordon. That's so interesting, because I think of, of Zordon as a core memory. So, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's hard to think of anything predating him. Yeah. Um, the other point I wanted to mention was that uh, listeners may or may not have been able to hear it in the intro, mm-hmm. but it was mentioned that the three the three sentinels were essentially beamed up from ancient Earth. Yeah, like we saw that Astraea was in I I'm assuming probably like Egyptian uh, mm. type clothing. Uh, Hercules was in you know standard standard fantasy adventure loincloth and mercury <laughs> was in some kind of some kind of robe uh but like they they were taken into space by sentinel one given superpowers and eternal youth and they've just been alive ever since so like oh. these are people who remember who who remember almost all of human history 
Yeah. It's said at one point in the show that this takes place in 1985. Yes. <laughs> and so, like, like these are people who... These are people who probably were witness to a, a significant number of major human accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Like... They, they probably were born after, you know, the invention of agriculture across the globe. But, like, <laughs> they saw everything, and they're just here hanging out, eating yogurt, and writing <laughs> writing biographies on typewriters. <laughs> <laughs> the existence of the Sentinels is baffling to me, because they live in a spaceship, and the spaceship is at the bottom of a dormant volcano. Like you looked inside mm-hmm. a volcano and there's just like a hollow crater with a floor and on the floor is where the spaceship is. And I mm-hmm. don't know like if they fly to the store and that's where their yogurt comes from. I don't know how <laughs> they live. I don't know if they go out, if they mm-hmm. like socialize or go ride a roller I... coaster or something. Uh, having watched the episode, The Sorceress, I can provide some intel on that when we get there. Good, yes. <laughs> We'll do a uh, sorceress break in the middle here. Yeah. Uh, but we are uh, 40 minutes into this recording. Let's. Okay. okay. My apologies. Let's... No, it's okay. No, no, that's fine. I love the research. We, I, I, we can run through the Morpheus episode pretty quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. So in the first episode that Jams and I watched, Morpheus, mm-hmm. the Sinister Sentinel, uh, we see this man with a devil goatee flying around in space and he shoots a beam towards uh, somewhere. In my notes, he's double man space yet. baby. Because <laughs> you don't you don't call him uh, uh, Morpheus until a while. And I keep wanting to say Mephisto because it's another devil right. M name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. He sends like a weird glowing orb, and like meanwhile, we find the base of the Space Sentinels. They're in like the bottom, like a dormant volcano. Like a mm-hmm. like a like an Atlantis kind of deal, and we meet like Mo and Sentinel One. Mo has Mo is like like an early Wally. Uh, he's got like yeah. those two big like eye screens. Um, yeah, and he's got six total hands, but walks with two and has four just ready to go, like just holstered. Yeah. I thought he had. Two. I thought he had two legs and four arms. Those legs have two thumbs. I'm gonna. I'm gonna count them as hands. <laughs> uh. <laughs> if you put a thumb on anything, that's a hand. That's a hand. Now you got no choice. <laughs> it, I like Mo's design. Uh, he looks mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, Austra- uh, like Astrea walks in, and Mo has like a crush on Astrea. Gets hard mm-hmm. eyes, uh, and Mercury like full on like kicks his way into the screen. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like he absolutely does. I like at the beginning of these episodes because it really just shows them hanging out. Uh, yeah, like at the beginning, at the end of the episode, like Mo is like, oh, I want to be like you, and he tries to mimic him and entangles himself up, and like Hercules steps in. He's like, I'm gonna fix supper, and he's I'm gonna do a health food supper, and. <laughs> He gives Mercury a blender, like the top of a blender, and is like, hold this. And then he picks up his, like, animation cell. (laughs) So he's just, like, a rigid person and then just shakes that. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a 
could gag. Yeah. Uh yeah, Sentinel-1 shows them a video of like, oh, there's a meteor crashing entering Earth's atmosphere. And <laughs> I like this little animation because it cuts to all the Sentinels just watching the screen, not moving, except all of their eyes move at once, but not in the way <laughs> eyes do. <laughs> like their eyes just like as one jiggle to the right and move back in the frame. <laughs> in, in, that, in that glorious 1970s animation. The good old filmation eye jiggle. Yeah. <laughs> That's you can tell they're paying attention. Uh, but yeah, in order to leave the ship, they, they have tubes that drop on them, and then they fly out of them with their rocket belts, uh, mm-hmm. which don't have rockets on them. They just have a little a little belt that lets them fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of loud wind whistling that happens that covers them speaking. <laughs> oh, Yeah. The wind effects every time they fly are very loud. Just like the loudest they can be. Loud. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I can't go to talk about the thing. <laughs> uh, they find the crash site of, of this meteor and it's got this its own gravity and it's sucking everything in. And as they get close enough, uh, Devil Man like turns it off and it just turns into like a little mute gray oval and then shrinks mm. down into a rock. And the Sentinels, Sentinels just like, pick it up and take it back to <laughs> HQ. <laughs> I don't know why it did this. Hey, Dad, we found a rock. Dad, we found a rock. <laughs> Can you tell us what it is? What kind of rock is this? Uh, and Devil Man's like, ooh, I'll find their HQ. And Sentinel One like says, like, I know what this is. Let me tell you a story of Morpheus. And he's pretty much the Black Adam of their power set. Uh, He was trained the same way, plucked from a planet, turned into a superhero, put back on his planet, and he's like, fuck this, I'm going to turn into a dragon and fight people. (laughs) (laughs) It reminded me a lot of Rita's origin story in that live action, well, Power Rangers have always been live action, but that Power Rangers (laughs) movie from like 2017, where Mm -hmm. she was like one Mm. of the OG Power Rangers, uh, and then she got evil. And they're like, wait a minute, there was one before us? Yeah. Also, Morpheus has all of their powers. Uh, he's fast and strong, and oh. he can shapeshift into animals. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's the super scroll. Yeah, exactly. Y- yes. Yeah. But yeah, so he's just here. He's, they, uh, One explains, like, Morpheus, he came back and he turned evil, and then he went to deep space, never to be seen again. And now he's here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he's but, he's got his own spaceship and everything, and he's just ready to to find Sentinel One, pretty much. Yeah, he you see him sneak up to Sentinel One, and he like turns into different animals. Like he walks up to the perimeter of their base as a man, and mm-hmm. then Sentinel One is like, "I sense an intruder," and then he turns into a lizard, and Sentinel One's like, "Intruder gone, <laughs> <laughs> intruder <laughs> gone, go back to help. sleep." Right. Yeah, my sensors aren't set on lizard. A lizard is fine. So that's how he sneaks in. Um, but yeah, uh, Morpheus sees as a lizard through the gate, like sees Mo fixing everything. He's like, perfect. I'll just take that. And he turns into a giant bird and cl- mm. grabs, oh no, grabs Mo and then just flies out through their always open sunroof that they have. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get sun. Gotta get sun, mm-hmm. even at mm-hmm. night. Uh, <laughs> and he takes Mo into like his underwater ship, 
and the heroes go over there. They're they're hovering above the ocean, and Mercury's like, "How do we check out the ocean bottom?" And Ash is like, "That's no problem when you're a porpoise." <laughs> There's a lot of like unnecessary pausing in this dialogue that oh, I don't yeah. fully understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the especially in the second episode, in this Loki episode we all watch, there is some bizarre like pacing choices with the dialogue. That <laughs> a lot of say. a lot of choices. Yeah. yeah. Again, four four voice actors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> four voice actors doing their best out here. They are. So yeah, Astraea makes it inside the ship. Morpheus' ship is down at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Morpheus is like downloading Moe's memories, like trying to make his own Sentinel ones. And Hmm. uh, Astraea like gets inside and pretty much just like takes Moe and is like, they tube out of there. Uh, Mm. Morpheus follows as a dragon and they fight with like Hercules. And then he like turns into a bat and like goes back into a ship. Um, Hmm. The sound mixing again during this fight was so loud that I could hardly follow what was happening. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the, the team returns to HQ with Mo, except now Sentinel One is acting all weird. He's he's like acting like a baby and like saying the wrong things. And yeah. suddenly Morpheus has his computers all set up, and he's got seven Sentinel Ones, just like a <laughs> row of faces, like the Hall of Presidents. Uh, <laughs> God. And it's causing interference, and Sentinel One can't act right. Uh, and so Morpheus flies. He flies to the top of a mountain, and there's a cave at the bottom, and the heroes have to go in through that cave to get up to him. Uh, yeah, I, I played that video game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And he throws an energy shield over the cave entrance, and Herc just picks up the ground where the energy shield stops and lifts it like a garage door. <laughs> And they just, like, sneak underneath, and he lets it go. And I thought that was very nice. I thought that was very clever. Um, oh, I like that. And uh, Mer- uh, Mercury is, like, working with the computers, like, inside. I keep wanting to say Mephisto's. In, Mo- in Morpheus's ship. Uh, <laughs> while Herc and Estrella distract Mor- uh, Mo- M- Morpheus. In, this, in this, this time in my notes, I actually wrote Mephisto and didn't mean to. Uh, <laughs> trip me up. The original Sentinel One comes back online and just starts talking to the other new Sentinel Ones that are online. Hey, you guys should unionize. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Really? Morpheus comes back into the room like, "Oh no, what have you done?" And the all the Sentinel Ones use their laser eyes and fuse the door shut, and they all just kind of talk to him uh, like seven new stepdads. Like, hey. uh, You've, you've, we understand uh, Sentinel-1 has told us your plan. You want to rule the universe? That's really unworkable. Not only is the universe fast, there's so many different planets, so many different life, it would be un, like, it'd be weird for one person to rule it all when you have to so much to organize. It's really not going to work well. So we're going to send you to, t- to deep space, uh, we're going to send you to timeout, and they just fly the <laughs> ship and take Morpheus with them. <laughs> Uh, to go to space <laughs> I timeout. Really, I really like that twist that the super villains like I will get this massive supercomputer that will lead to me ruling the universe. Yeah. And the computer's like one person ruling the universe is illogical. I yeah. cannot let that happen. Yeah. 
You don't see that enough in things where people yeah. want to rule the universe. Like, why? It doesn't make sense. How could you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then every, everyone's saved. Uh, everyone, like, goes back to the ship and then goes to sleep. <laughs> right. Yes. It, it, Astria, it says, boy, I'm tired. And everybody yawns. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. At the end of Loki too, they just like, all right, time for yes. bed. It's like it's like a it's like a Nick Jr. show where you're like, we had a great day today. We learned about crafts and all this and how to be friends. Now it's time for sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christine, what happened with the uh, sorceress episode? Please tell yeah, us. Yeah, so I, I apparently had too much faith in uh, in YouTube, which is where I was watching these. <laughs> I was because... al- I was also on YouTube, but I, I did some double checking. But ah, see, I didn't double check. Oops, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> it's okay. I will go through this uh, pretty fast. So I watched uh, this the episode called "The Sorceress." I have no idea what number it is. It probably doesn't matter because. There's only 13 episodes of this yeah. show. I don't think there's a lot of through plots. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, the sorceress episode starts with everyone hanging out in their spaceship, and uh, then they're just all I don't remember what they were doing, but they were hanging out. And Sentinel One says, "Sentinels, somebody has stolen the North Pole." <laughs> oh my god! Is this and the, they're like, "Is this the How Christmas episode?" No, it's no, but it is a winter episode because somebody stole the whole North Pole and like they cut to it and it's just this expanse of like open ocean and like rocky mountains. (laughs) And they're like, wow, I guess we should probably go check that out, huh? (laughs) That's weird. Let's see what happened. And no, and see, like the thing is they get there. And I think it's Estrella has Sentinel-1 do, like, a scan of the area. And they're still detecting magnetic north. Like, they can detect that north, like, the North Pole is still in existence. It is just not on this plane of existence anymore. (laughs) And so they immediately hypothesize that somebody took the North Pole and put it inside a pocket dimension surrounded by a magnetic barrier and then sentinel one says mercury you can f- <laughs> you are able to fly past the speed of sound you should be able to traverse the magnetic barrier and he says okay i wrote down here <laughs> he f- he flies through a pride flag <laughs> and then he comes out on the other side and finds the north pole <laughs> That's the nice thing about queer people. We all have magnetic personalities. Oh. (laughs) Oh, that reminds me of a quote that I forgot to mention at the beginning, Mm. um, which is that uh, in addition to only having three contracted voice actors who can do up to three voices per episode and then everyone else just fills in the rest, um, apparently Lou Scheimer's family was also included in the voice anyone has left, including his daughter Erica. Uh, who is credited for voices on She-Ra, but may have been uncredited for Sentinels. And she said, and I quote, Filmation was one of the gayest places in town. Oh, wow. that's and great. This is in the, and this is in the context of her of her mentioning, like, she is a lesbian. But she's like, and I never had to feel 
feel oh. weird about my workplace because Phil Nation was very gay, apparently. Oh, that nice. rules. That's great. Especially, especially for the 70s and the yeah. 80s. <laughs> especially thinking of it as the place that made He-Man and, like, she yeah. like, <laughs> No wonder they, they, like, awakened things in people. Like, they were... <laughs> <laughs> they were they were they were sleeper agents for for us queer people. He the the he man what's going on video now is much more justified. <laughs> <laughs> it's logical. It just makes sense. That's the, mm. really fun to know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, um, Mercury finds the stolen North Pole, uh, and we see this weird sorceress in some kind of a purple dress and she's got those like bleached like rogue stripes in her hair and she's like oh baby he can help me this strange warrior who can who can get through the magnetic barrier and then somehow mercury getting in broke the barrier so Estrella and hercules can get in um sure but this upsets the sorceress <laughs> i only uh, want one gay boy at a time um but she then brainwashes mercury somehow and uh, tells him to go play with other sentinels and he then cartwheels through a transparent (laughs) glass prism going (laughs) (laughs) oh i love that for us he starts play wrestling with hercules like he gets him in an arm bar Uh (laughs) uh-huh And Astrea is like, I don't know what's going on here. I'm going to investigate. And it turns out that, surprise, the sorceress is uh, maybe not evil, but she certainly doesn't want to do good things. And she can create illusions. Ah, illusions, Michael. Uh, illusions that are so convincing that they brainwash people. Um, so she does this thing where she convinces Hercules that he is trapped under an extremely heavy feather. Uh, she convinces mercury that he is walking in the depths of endless space and then he gets tied up by a whole bunch of stars or galaxies trippy (laughs) uh and astrea is investigating and discovers that she's got the other two in their illusions and the sorceress reveals that she needs new sources of energy to power her illusions and that somewhere on Earth, there is a, uh, gosh, what it's what is it called? Um, it is called an it is called an energy synthesizer. Oh. It mm. is being tested, and she wants to take it for herself because it converts anything to energy. Uh, and then it's revealed that surprise, the sorceress is actually a digital projection of the supercomputer. Oh, that's <laughs> that fun. They've been that she's been well, working with this whole time. <laughs> I like that. That's fun. Yeah. Um, I like that the computer was RPing with them. Yeah, yeah, the computer was RPing with them. The computer made a VTuber. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then the sorceress manages to trap Astrea in her own illusion, which is super weird because it's of Astrea alone in the command center, and Sentinel-1 appears, and is like, my dear Astrea, my dear Astrea. Oh. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, but then the sorceress commands the sentinels to go kidnap the energy synthesizer for her. 
and they all fly to this tech demo, which is in this weird underground lab. Sure, yeah. Like, before we had California, we had underground labs to do shows in. Yeah, and it's it. I have to imagine that this is an above board. It's just it's above board, but it's underground for safety <laughs> testing yeah. site. Yeah. Because they test the energy synthesizer, like, look, you can make anything into electrical energy. You can use sand. You can use water. Cool. You can use house dust. <laughs> and they take like, a dustpan and dump it in the converter. All I have is sand, so I hope I can get energy out of that. <laughs> you should. You should be able to. Great. Um, but then the... The Sentinels show up and they interrupt the demonstration and there's someone who was only referred to as General who recognizes <laughs> the Sentinels and addresses them by name. Interesting. It's like, why are the Sentinels here and taking our energy synthesizer? And they just they just ignore him, rip it out of the ground, and then fly back to the supercomputer. <laughs> um, and then the General... Calls Sentinel One on video chat. <laughs> hey boy, you up? <laughs> Basically, he's like, "Why did the Sentinels do this? If they don't return the energy synthesizer, it could overload, and then bad things will happen." <laughs> and then it's revealed that the Sentinels who did the stealing were just actually energy duplicates the whole time. Wow! And Astrea manages. To convince herself that she is no longer in the illusion, which breaks the hold. Then she gets Mercury and Hercules out. Uh, they get Sentinel-1 to link the supercomputer. And Sentinel-1 remotely drains the power from the bad computer. Okay, I love this. <laughs> and enough power is drained that the sorceress turns the energy duplicates into, like, werewolf versions of... The Sentinels? <laughs> like, everyone gets buff and their hair gets shaggy. <laughs> what? <laughs> and they do, they do a fight. Um, Astrea turns into a falcon, and then a rhino, and she fights the sorceress who turns into some kind of a beast. And I guess they get the computer drained of power, and they just throw the energy synthesizer into space. Where, it explodes. Where it belongs. <laughs> And the North Pole's back! Yay! <laughs> oh, right. Oh, right. The North Pole. <laughs> the North. Yes. Everyone forgot that the North Pole was gone, including them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's back. It's okay. The polar bears are safe. Good. I don't remember how the episode ended, aside from probably like a like a ha ha ha. Yeah. They oh do, yeah. They, they do end with ha ha ha's. They do end with with sleepy times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the two feelings. Oh, yeah. All right, and the episode that we all watched. Yes. Loki. <laughs> Loki. This episode starts with an ominous black cube floating up from underneath the water. <laughs> yep. Uh, the cube. <laughs> and then at Sentinel HQ, Sentinel-1 is telling Astria that he's been monitoring blue whale migrations. And <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> meanwhile, the bit of... of business they're doing social business they're doing yeah. at the beginning of the episode is that Merck mm-hmm. comes in with a big stack of paper and he sits down at a typewriter 
in the mm-hmm. middle of the big computer hologram room, he brings out a typewriter. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he's uh-huh. like, I'm going to write my life story. And Hercules eating a yogurt says, that's going to be a long, dull book. Like a, like a sick burn. And he's eating like a mm-hmm. big jar that just says yogurt. He has a tub of yogurt. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like a, a full pint of yogurt. Yeah. Uh, and then Astria... I... I, real quick, I appreciate the fact that in the show they refer to Mercury and Hercules as Merc and Herc. I do like yeah. that too. <laughs> I tried shortening Estrella, and I'm just like, Estrella. 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 So Estrella is the Merc only and one. Merc makes. <laughs> no, go ahead, Mel. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you go ahead. Merc and Herc makes them sound like they're like a. It's not, they sound like they're a comedy duo from like vaudeville or something <laughs> hey we got work and herc on stage oh, i'm writing oh my biography that's gonna be boring <laughs> and then he shoots him with a big seltzer <laughs> so astrid is the only one doing real work and she looks at the video mm-hmm. of of whales migrating and because she's can shapeshift into animals even when she's in human form she can understand animal language i guess and she hears mm-hmm. the whales talking about an ominous big black cube that just glows and vibrates around and she's like i guess we got to do something about that cube <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they all fly over there and i think Herc goes like i guess i'll go grab it and uh merc just chides him like a muscle man's job is never done <laughs> <laughs> and then her like oh muscle man mm. uh, and then Herc flies down close to it and he sees those eyes glowing in it uh yeah. he's like that's weird i mm-hmm. but australia's like you probably just saw your reflection so they just grab it <laughs> fly it and just they're just in the command center with this big cube hey, hey dad we found a cube <laughs> dad <laughs> You're so you know so much about rocks. Tell us about cubes now. What cube is this from? <laughs> and then the cube dissolves, and inside is this big, like red-haired, like very classically mm-hmm. Nordic-looking Loki. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He's like weirdly not a giant, but like a head taller than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But, but he's here, he's suddenly here, and he knows everything about all the Sentinels and, like, tells them their personality types. Yeah, he's, like, very passionately yeah. greeting every one of them. Like, hi, you're you're Hercules, you're so strong. Astra, I love how you can change into animals. Merc, I love how you're both beautiful and humorous. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And Mo, mm-hmm. you're nice, too. <laughs> yeah. And I... See, I was just here like, okay, cool. <laughs> so they did Loki and the Tesseract before Marvel did. <laughs> if, there, if there's Wait, one thing we know he's... about Loki is that he loves cubes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says that he's from another dimension and that cube, he says, is a hallway to yeah. another mm-hmm. world, which is mm-hmm. a weirdly eerie turn of phrase. I, yeah. I, I like to think that they chose this because kids don't know about interdimensional bridges but kids know hallways most kids have interacted with a hallway before Uh uh-huh but yeah and he's like i've been stuck inside the cube for a very long time between my home and this dimension 
Yeah. But also, I want to help you guys. I have the power of telepathy. Look, if I look at something very hard, my eye beams will move something around. Yeah, just like how, uh, (laughs) just like how uh, Cyclops' eyes are are punches from the punch dimension. Uh, Yeah, Loki can just like see something and pick it up and move it with his eyes like they're a mouse. Mm Mm-hmm. And Loki is like, I would like to help you, Sentinels. Let me be one of you, please. For the love of God, be my friends. <laughs> yeah. And then Sentinel One says, from says from the back, the portal is unstable. Loki has to go back in the cube. <laughs> <laughs> Your new friend has to go home. It's supper time. <laughs> but yeah, and th- and but he doesn't want to go back in the box. But like Herc and Merc like immediately turn on him like, well, dad said so. You got to go in that box, my guy. <laughs> and <laughs> and Loki, Loki shoots a tractor beam out of his eyes and he grabs Merc mm-hmm. and Herc and he pulls them into the cube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he he like tries to grab Astria, but Astria turns into an elephant, and then Loki gets scared and just runs out of a door. Like he just runs into Which, another room gets, of the ship. He gets real I, spooked. I really liked that because it was like, look, if <laughs> I think probably any person from Norway would have had the same reaction if they saw an elephant for the first time. True. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but it's as big as me. I gotta go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and inside inside the cube hallway, Herc and Merc fall through like a multicolored void and they land on like a, a prog rock album cover <laughs> with like crackly <laughs> mountains mm-hmm. in like a red sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they land on the side of a van. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're just like, this is weird, but I don't see the portal. I guess we'll go take a look around. Uh, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back on the ship, uh, Mo is like out of power. S1 is like shorting out and like the ship is going dark. And mm-hmm. we see Loki's eyes just like glow in the dark next to some boxes. And he like he's a Scooby-Doo villain. Yeah, he cracks a little <laughs> smile. Uh, and, uh, Merc and Herc, like, back on the strange planet, they encounter, like, oh, there's a cave over there with a light, and as they get closer, Merc (laughs) goes for it, and Herc's like, careful, Merc, that's not Carlsbad Caverns over there. (laughs) (laughs) Really weird pull, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the Sentinels in their spare time explore tourist traps of North America. (laughs) (laughs) Right, they go see famous caves, and they buy more yogurt. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> cave yogurt mm-hmm. they go towards the cave and out of the cave comes a minotaur riding a dragon <laughs> yes chases them out they fly away and then herc grabs it by the tail and spins it around and like throws it away and then you see the minotaur's eyes spinning around in its sockets yeah and they're like mm-hmm. that minotaur won't be bothering us <laughs> mm-hmm mm-hmm uh, the boys come across a big city in like this like energy bubble, uh, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have an entrance. So they're just kind of like walking on the bubble. Like, where's the entrance? How do we get in? Here? <laughs> mm-hmm. Which which can just... only be so weird for the people in the bubble. Like, what is? <laughs> Where are these guys on the, just... on the roof? They just stomp around on the roof because they don't know how to get in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, that sounds like my work. <laughs> <laughs> Back at uh, HQ, Estrella is like stalking the halls as a panther, like trying to like be something that can see in the dark. Uh, mm-hmm. And she sees a shadow and pounces on it, but it's a, just a dummy that they have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's their no. ship mannequin. Yeah. Right. It not set up, not explained why they have a mannequin. They just do. And I guess she forgot they had it and she thought it was Loki and she jumped on it. And then Loki's like, surprise, I'm over here. The classic Loki maneuver. Uh, and then he traps her in his in his tractor beam, and she is frozen, and while still a panther. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's just a shocked panther for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, "Now the spaceship is mine. I can go back to my world and take over." Uh, I think he specifically says, "And take my revenge on." Oh no, wait, no, he says that later. Um, but yeah, he's like, "I'm gonna go back to my world and rule." Yeah, and. Then we cut back to the boys, and they are now being chased by not one, but two uh, <laughs> dragons bearing minotaurs. <laughs> you heard our friend. Yes, and they finally find someone inside the inside the bubble who will talk to them, and uh, he reveals that his name is Balder. <laughs> you know Balder from Norse mm. mythology? <laughs> yeah, here he is and, with his gate. Yeah, and he's got this weird, like, watchtower thing, and he, like, teleports the boys in, and he's like, well, you're here, but I can't send you back, because we only have one way to get back. Only got one cube. Loki took it. Yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a very advanced civilization, we've only mastered one cube. Mm-hmm. Dragons, you want dragons? We got dragons, but cubes? Nope. Only got one cube. Only got the one. That's all we got. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Loki, back on the ship, has, like, ditched the cube in the sea, and then the Mm -hmm. cube expands back to normal size, and he swings the ship around and flies through it, and as he comes Mm -hmm. through the, like, Norse dimension, the cube kind of, like, turns in on itself and, like, falls through and, like, is now on the planet, Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now Loki's here at the city, and he's got, like, more minotaurs on dragon. And he's like, you, you got five minutes to lower the shield before I come in and I'm going to hit you with force. Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we we get more wild, more absolutely wild stuff because uh, then Sentinel-1 wakes up from power nap, mm-hmm. I guess, <laughs> from power cycling. Mm-hmm. Classic <laughs> and dad. Sentinel-1 says, Loki, you have made a you have made a miscalculation because my brain power is equal to yours and can block your brain waves. And they have a tractor beam eye war. Yeah. <laughs> they do a little, uh, little brain battle. Yeah. And this is sufficient enough to distract Loki so that the the tractor beam that was holding Astrea in place uh, unfreezes and Mo rescues her and they do a they, they do a I guess it's a bit. <laughs> I feel I it's not smart enough for me to call it a plan. <laughs> no. <laughs> they, a lot of their plans it, on the show are just like you distract him, I hit him, and that's it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and in this case it's two distractions because Mo distracts Loki mm-hmm. so that Astrea can turn into a kangaroo mouse? A chinchilla. Oh, a chinchilla. Yeah. And she pushes the button to open the door so that Hercules comes in 
and hits him. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I'm gonna do a yeah. hit on you. And yeah. And then yeah. Loki is like, Loki grabs Woe and he's like, give me your rope, give me your rocket belt or the robot dies. Yeah. And so Astray takes off her rocket belt, which is identical to the belt part of her costume, which is still attached. <laughs> I forgot to look at her costume after that. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Here's my color cell. Yeah, he he leaves. He, he flies away uh, to a cave, as mm-hmm. most villains mm-hmm. do. And back in control of the ship, the team finds where Loki is holding Mo. And at the cave, Loki, like, spots the ship. We get another big eye sequence, like, ah, here they come. And he mm-hmm. pushes a bunch of boulders against the entrance, and he's holding them there with his brain power. And he goes to shoot his, <laughs> uh, his brain power at them. But they duck, and it reflects off the rock, a regular rock. Yeah. <laughs> and it hits him, and he's frozen in place, and his eyes are twinkling to show that he's not in control right now. Um, mm-hmm. And he's and he's stuck like that. And Baldur's like, "Thanks, guys, that worked great." <laughs> he's he's not gonna now, hurt anyone. <laughs> now you can use the cube, and you can go back home. And of course, the first thing they do when they go home is they yawn and they say, "Oh boy, I'm sleepy." <laughs> Mm -hmm. Uh there's there's a couple interactions here where it's like there are hercules is like that loki was really a mixed up guy and (laughs) mercury is like he did know one thing though i am handsome and humorous (laughs) and the 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 interaction with s1 and and mo uh where mo is like all right time to fix you up make sure you're, you're all better and S1's like, it's okay, it can wait till morning. And Moe is like, thanks, S1, you're all heart. And he's like, negative, I am all head. <laughs> <laughs> and then I missed that. And then we end on that joke. <laughs> and that's the end. That's the end. And that's space sentinels. Thank you for bringing a space sentinel. <laughs> yeah, this was a lot of fun. You're very welcome. I I know this doesn't always happen whenever I have to watch, whenever I am watching something, usually for a podcast nowadays. But like, I feel like this would be good to have on in the background. You know, yeah. like doing dishes and you just look up and you see, I don't know, the, I, I think there was an episode about the Space Sentinels meeting Captain Nemo. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a pilot of the Nautilus. Yep. You know, from 1985 when Nemo was still around. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When we were Googling like cast pictures, I think they meet Shakespeare at one point. There's a very Shakespeare really? looking guy. <laughs> this guy's real Shakespeare looking. That would not surprise me. Uh, it's a shame there's only 13 episodes of this, but if you like it, you'll probably like the other filmation stuff. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Although I do have to tell you both that as we were talking about this, I was like, what if we all just went in on Fire Beat You First and we rebooted Space Sentinels into a new TV series? <laughs> yeah. It all, needs it. All three of us? Like, <laughs> on, yes, not, all, all three of us. Who, we who? each choose one sentient. So we each choose one Sentinel to champion. Someone's in charge of her. Yes. Someone's in charge of Merc. Someone's in charge of Astria. Because <laughs> it's like, like the premise of this is so cool. Like they took yeah. they took three humans from ancient times, 
made them immortal and gave them superpowers. They have existed for millennia. And now they do things like, like, find the North, the North Pole that got stolen. <laughs> they eat yogurt and go to sleep. They, they're just like yes. us. Yeah, I, hey, not if I ever beat you first. If you would like three guests mm-hmm. at once. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or if y'all need a break, we could take over the show for a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to not host, we will, we will steal it from you. Uh, if you want to do a Saturday Morning Obscurities, you're welcome to. We'll do a tradesy. Hey, there we go. But yeah, let's uh next week or next time on the show, if we can get this working, um, we would like to do an episode with our father. So, uh, we got to get him like set up with a mic and set up with recording equipment. But wait, your actual dad? Our actual dad. Um, <laughs> Heck yeah! Our real dad, or not our space dad. Uh, <laughs> and I think we're gonna watch next time. Cats don't dance. Yeah, a, a big childhood favorite of yours and mine mm. that I don't think we ever actually watched with our dad. But no, like, th- the but yeah. other movies he showed us definitely laid the runway for us to love this movie. So yeah. it's his fault. <laughs> it's his fault we're like this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if that works out, that's what we'll be doing next time. If for whatever reason, technical difficulties, we can't do it, we'll, we'll have, something else will be next week. Uh, but best laid plans. We'll see what happens. But yeah, Christina, thank you so much for coming on today. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. No, thank you guys. This has indeed been a lot of fun. Uh, where can people find you? And is there anything else you'd like to plug? Yeah. Uh, so I can be found, uh, mostly at this point on Twitter at Seawoods Art whenever I decide to poke my head into Twitter, uh, which is less than I used to, which is probably good for me in the long run. (laughs) Um, uh, But I also do podcasts. uh, Namely, I do uh, The Home for Wayward OCs, a podcast about original characters, the good, the bad, and the self inserts. (laughs) Uh, And recently, uh, we just hit episode 100, which is super fun. Uh, and I also uh, currently do Loser Like Me, which is a Glee uh, recap podcast uh, where part of it is Tanner and I subjecting our friends to Glee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, uh, as of recording, we recently had Jams on for an episode, yeah. uh, which was which was interesting. <laughs> which was interesting. <laughs> the, the Glee episode was interesting. Jams is a delight. The companionship was fun. The episode, well, yes. you'll see. <laughs> yes. Um, and I guess aside from that, I mean, I've got an Instagram at Christina Woods Art, and I need to post more art on there. Oops. Mm-hmm. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Instagram is a whole separate beast for social media. <laughs> yeah, it is. I just started a Saturday Morning Obscurities account on Instagram. It's at Saturday ah. MO Pod. Uh, and all I can think about so far is just doing posts for each of the shows and just putting stuff in our stories of cool things I see. Um, so if you want to see see us learn how to use Instagram, you can find us <laughs> over there. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. If you if you guys need uh, episode images for Instagram, I have a couple of screen caps that I can share. Oh, yeah. Feels, uh, feel from these episodes. Feel free to drop those in, in the uh, chat. Um, yeah we'll do yeah i was thinking of actually pulling a gif from an episode or something and using it for the episode on uh on twitter do it. uh but yeah 
if you guys would like to uh, inquire about being a guest like Christina did, you can find us on Twitter at SaturdayMOPod. You can email us SaturdayMOPod at gmail.com. Uh, if you just would like to recommend shows for us to watch, movies for us to watch, uh, anything else, if you rate us five stars anywhere where you can review podcasts, we would love that. That helps people find the show. And if you send us an image of that review, we'll read it on the next episode. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you'd like to talk to me on Twitter, I'm at Gems Wilk. Mel? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcasts on the Whatnots network of podcasts. That's W-H-A-T-N-A-U-T-S, like astronauts. I'm on the review show every week. That is our media book club style discussion show. Every week we talk about a different movie, season of a TV show, a couple volumes of a comic, all sorts of genres and mediums. Anything we can talk about in a week, we will talk about it. It (laughs) shall be covered. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm on the Captain's Log, which is our weekly off-topic nonsense chat show uh we talk about movie news we play silly games we talk about upcoming mountain dew flavors (laughs) oh my (laughs) yeah go check those out uh and as always we'll see you guys next time uh christina would you like to lead us off relax kick back it's saturday it's saturday it's saturday This is really weird. Up the young sentinels. This must be Hercules, strong and brave. I think you've got the wrong guy. (laughs) And speedy Mercury, handsome and humorous. That's me, all right. But who are you? Ah, and the lovely Astria. Who who, who are you? And and why were you floating around in a box? I am Loki, and that is not just a box, little one. (laughs) That cube is a hallway to another world, my world. You mean another dimension? Yes, it is a beautiful land. So?